0: Last week, we gathered together to celebrate the impossible, and I think sometimes we forget that, that Jesus went to the cross, died, was buried, and rose again, that he was no longer in the tomb, that he has risen. It's easy for us, I think, to forget that the resurrection of Jesus is in many ways an unbelievable event. Paul said this about the cross, and by extension, the resurrection, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, he said, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. We have to let those words sink in here a little bit, because what Paul is saying there just in nicer language is that to those who do not believe in Jesus, the cross is just plain dumb. One, if God is so powerful, why would he choose to do things this way? And two, if Jesus the man really died, then there is no way that he came back to life. It is foolishness. And it is this last point that has led to some interesting conversations for me over the years. I don't know if you have had conversations with people who don't believe uh, in Jesus, but I've had conversations that went something like this. So you really believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Yes, yes I do. Like, he died and came back to life. Yep, that's, that's how that works, that Jesus died and and he came back to life. And I have been fortunate enough to have had these conversations with people that I think respect me a little bit, so while they might have had trouble hiding their looks of incredulity They don't make me feel dumb at the same time. But maybe you've had those kinds of conversations where it's like, oh, okay. But this is what Paul was warning us about when he wrote these words. If you don't believe in all of who Jesus is, then the cross and the resurrection is foolishness, it's crazy. And it is only in believing in Jesus fully as the Son of God that he can even die and be raised again. And if you're having trouble accepting that he is the Son of God, then you can't accept everything else. To those who don't believe, the cross is foolishness. But to those who do believe, it demonstrates the great power and love of God. But we have to appreciate for a moment this morning that there is an enormous chasm between those two sides. That Jesus is the Son of God who died and rose again. And that Jesus was a man who died. We have seen how the followers of Jesus struggle to know who Jesus really was, and they thought they knew. But the cross and even the empty tomb threw them over the edge of what they believed was possible and what they thought they understood about who Jesus was. Because you see, the followers of Jesus saw the world in a certain way. And let's just acknowledge that the way they saw the world was realistic. They believed that Jesus was the Messiah, the deliverer and salvation of the people of God. But the thing is, is that their view of Jesus, this Jesus figure, was in part a, their own creation. They, they saw Jesus as they wanted to see him, Jesus as returning king, as restorer of the nation of Israel, And to be his follower was to follow him to glory. But then Jesus was crucified and their image of who he was could no longer hold up to the world in which they lived. Because death is final. And if Jesus was dead, he could not be who they thought he was. And then the tomb was found empty, which for us reading the story today, we say, well, the tomb was empty because Jesus rose from the dead, but to them, all the empty tomb proved at the time was that his body was no longer there because Jesus was dead and the story was over. And we can look back on the entire thing and say, well, they should have known that this was coming. After all, Jesus told his followers on more than one occasion that he was going to die and live again. And yet, they were all shocked when he died. And they were horrified at the method in which he died, confused by the empty tomb and surprised to find that he was alive again. And we, it's easy for us, I think, to, to see this and to be amazed that they didn't understand all of these things. But when we do this, we are not giving the followers of Jesus enough credit. And we are not giving the resurrection itself The recognition that it needs. Because what Jesus did is outside the realm of possibility. It is impossible. And how do you begin to wrap your mind around the idea that someone that you saw violently die and be buried? Like, is officially dead, is alive again. It's impossible. This tells us something important, though. The risen Jesus was not something that the followers of Jesus at that time could really wrap their minds around until they experienced him for themselves. The resurrected Jesus, you see, was someone different than the Jesus that they thought they knew before the cross. And the followers of Jesus couldn't vaguely understand what it meant for Jesus to be the risen Lord, because he hadn't died. And beyond that, he hadn't defeated death. And the cross, as much as it provides perspective for us, did not provide them with perspective. And the empty tomb didn't help them much either. They had to experience the risen Jesus in order to begin to understand who he was. So to this end, Jesus did something very important after his resurrection. He appeared to his followers He engaged with them, interacted with them, and in so doing, he taught them about what it meant for him to be the risen Lord. This morning, we're going to look at uh, a story which is a curious story. It's one that I find just really interesting, and it it happens, uh, We can read about it in Luke 24, starting in verse 13. What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. All right. This is a weird story, isn't it? It, It's a weird story, but it's an important story because this interaction illustrates the frame of mind of many of the followers of Jesus after his death. They were, much, they were very much lost and confused by everything that they had seen happen. Again, they didn't expect Jesus to die. And the manner in which Jesus died was so shocking and in their face that they could barely wrap their minds around that. And his death undermined much of what they believed about him. And it pushed to the limit their understanding of what is possible. And the conclusion that they came to as we get to sort of peek into this conversation is that they had assumed that Jesus was somebody he wasn't. So you think he's the Messiah, but then he's dead. So how do you explain this person that you have followed and listened to and, and, and based your life around for this time that he was on earth? So their first description of him was that he was a prophet who was great in word and deed. And if Jesus was not the Messiah, this was pretty much the next best way to describe him. And, and, and this is what they decided Jesus was in the aftermath of all of this. He was a prophet. So a prophet is, you know, he's a step above a teacher and a rabbi. And, and, and even it, it even could be a great prophet that, you know, was speaking the word of God, but prophet has a ceiling on it, you see. And Jesus had reached that ceiling. To put it bluntly, this is the most that Jesus can be to those who don't understand or believe in the resurrection. They had hoped, they said, that he would be someone who would restore Israel. But clearly he can't restore Israel because he's dead. Think for a moment about how devastating this had to be. That they believed that God was coming in, that Jesus was ushering in this age of restoration and and that he was going to restore the people of God that all would be reformed and made better. But then... Jesus is gone. And and at one time, they believed the best about him, but now the best that he could have been is a prophet. These are words of desperate people trying to explain why their life doesn't make sense anymore. And to further complicate things, there's all this weirdness around the tomb. Jesus, as we've said multiple times, had told his followers exactly what was going to happen. Here's an example from Luke chapter 9, verse 22. And he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus didn't have whiteboards at the time. But if he did, he could have written this out for them. And made like a powerpoint presentation to tell them this is what's happening he, he could have done some sort of you know enactments for them but they they didn't get it no matter how many times he said it and so we look at the empty tomb and we think well you see the tomb is empty that means he's alive a- and they had heard reports. Uh, so this story happens on the same day that Jesus' tomb is found to be empty. And so they're telling Jesus, that, I love this part of it, like this is just the best. They're telling Jesus about what happened when Jesus wasn't there. And they said, you know, uh, some, some women went to the tomb and there's a little condescension and judgment in the way that they're talking about this. They had heard the reports that the tomb was empty and Jesus was alive, and even uh, some of their other companions went and saw. Notice what they said. Notice what they said. They, in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did did not see. What is the one thing that these followers of Jesus don't say? They don't say he's alive. They say that the women had a vision that angels told them that he's alive. And they say that these other guys went and they didn't find his body. But what they don't say is that the empty tomb proves that Jesus is alive. They were, we get the impression here from this entire conversation that they don't believe he's alive. And beyond that, they're, discouraged and disappointed because God didn't do what they wanted him to do. God didn't bring about the restoration that they wanted. They, they saw the glory of the kingdom that God, they believed God was going to usher in, but they failed to understand the suffering which was leading to a different kind of glory. They had, they had heard, but they didn't understand, and they didn't yet realize that Jesus was the risen Lord and what that means. So, as we're reading this story, then, and we're watching these two dummies walk with Jesus, telling Jesus that his body is missing and that he's not alive, what are we waiting for? We're waiting for Jesus to reveal himself to them to say, Come on, guys. It's me. But that's not what he does. He doesn't bring out the big reveal, the moment where confusion is lifted and he shows them that he's alive. It would be a great time for it. Instead, what Jesus does is he leads them through a Bible study. It's a curious thing to do. But listen to this from verses 25 through 27. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Remember, they're walking for miles, so Jesus has time with them. And he has still not told them who he is. And his response to all of this, besides just telling them that you guys are not that bright, is to take them back through what the scriptures actually said about everything that was going on. Jesus, you see, he didn't just want them to know that he was alive. He wanted them to understand who he was within the grand story of God. He wanted them to see and to hear all it was that God had been doing all along. So that when he revealed himself to them, they could understand him fully. They were hoping that God was going to act in a specific way to restore Israel. They were looking for God to save them in a specific way. But what Jesus wanted them to understand was that, guys, you think God hasn't restored Israel, God is working to restore Israel, just not in the way you think he should. So he took them back, all the way back to Moses. Through the prophets, because he wanted them to see how God had been working all along to bring these events into place. And it was only after all of this happened that Jesus revealed himself to them and, and, and their hearts burned with all that he had said. Now these two people that Jesus was with, they are not unique Later he appeared to others and their response was terror. They believed that they were seeing a ghost. And you have weird descriptions of it. Like, they knew it was Jesus, but they were afraid to believe it was Jesus. Things like that. Because how do you begin to describe what it was like to see Jesus alive again. The disciples needed to be convinced that they were seeing a real person and that it really was Jesus because they knew he was dead. So Jesus, therefore, he, he showed them his physical body of flesh and bone. And he showed them his hands and his feet where the nails had pierced him. I mean, think about that for a minute. Guys, it's really me. Are you sure? Yeah, like here's where I was crucified. Mm. Jesus even eats with them to prove he's really alive and human. And he took these two through the scriptures to see how God had been working throughout history to bring about the events of the crucifixion and the resurrection. And it was only in these moments, after the resurrection of Jesus, these moments in upper rooms where Jesus wasn't there and then he was, where Jesus appears on the road and and speaks to them, it was only in these moments where the followers of Jesus, this is crazy, but it's true, began to know Jesus for the first time. to to really know him for the first time and who he was was so much bigger than they thought he was so much bigger than they thought they they didn't just understand Jesus differently after the resurrection and these encounters with him, they saw God differently. They understood for the first time that God had a great plan, a bigger plan that he was fulfilling through his son. That I I can't help but imagine that, that maybe they had limited God. And their understanding of of what he was doing and what he was capable of. There is so much for us to take from this story. There is so much for us to gather. I love that Jesus opened up the meaning of Scripture to them in this moment. And and it speaks something powerful to us, and that is this. You cannot understand the story of God and his people as it is told in the Bible if you don't understand Jesus as the risen Lord. Things don't make sense and fit together until you understand that Jesus has died and has risen again. Jesus doesn't just make sense of the gospel story and how God is trying to restore the world. He makes sense of all that God has been doing throughout his relationship with man. And when you understand who Jesus is as the risen Lord, then God's story takes on a new life. I love the fact that Jesus journeyed with them and they didn't know it. There is an incredible idea here for us that these men were in the presence of the risen Lord and and they didn't understand that the Son of God was there journeying with them, telling them about who he was and they didn't realize it. But Jesus continued to walk with them and encourage them. Even though they didn't know it was him, his goal, his purpose was not to make them feel dumb, (laughs) but to help them understand who he was. And sometimes it takes all seven miles to get it. And then I love this amazing moment where they realize it was him. And sure, they didn't know it was Jesus at first, but Jesus revealed himself to them at the right time when they could fully appreciate who he was, and beyond that, all that God was doing. He waited until they were ready to understand that he was alive. And this made a huge difference in their view of Jesus. He was not just a walking miracle, but he was the completion of God's work of redemption. Which makes me realize, you know, those conversations that I've had, though they've been valuable, where someone has said, do you really believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I say yes? They're stuck in that same place where these disciples were. The the impossibility of all of it. The fact that someone can't come back to life from the dead. And they're never they can't wrap their minds around the resurrection of Jesus if they don't understand and believe in who he is and and lastly and this is a hard one this story illustrates for us that God may be doing something better than what we think he should be doing and we may need to open our eyes to the possibilities and the impossibilities that God may be working out around us. Sometimes it's not until you see the greatness of the risen Lord that you realize how small your dreams and goals for God actually are. And his disciples, they thought Jesus was going to restore Israel, that Jesus was going to make Israel great again. But he did something more than that. God didn't just redeem Israel, he redeemed the world. And if these followers of Jesus had had their way, he would have been a much smaller God. And there would have been much less redemption. And God didn't just restore Israel, he dealt with our biggest problem, sin and death. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, verses 5 through 10, If we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. This week, What I want us to live in is the wonder of the impossibility of the resurrection. It's something that doesn't make sense. It's something that shouldn't have happened. It's something that can't happen. And yet, it did. And yet, it did. And We need to recognize this morning that you don't really know Jesus and you don't really know God until you meet the resurrected Lord. Until you see him on the road. Until you touch the scars in his hands and his feet. And you recognize this is the Jesus who died and he is alive again. And that through his life, through his resurrection, you see all, (laughs) you see all that God wants for the people that he loves. Amen? The two men immediately left, and returned Jerusalem to tell the people that they had met Jesus, a different Jesus, a new Jesus, the risen Lord. And that was a story worth telling.